0: Very interesting time, but you know, I love that because it's the whole deal. My, my kids played baseball for a long time and uh, growing up, and they're all older now 23, 21, 17. But <clears throat> I remember when they were little, and uh, we were living in Little Rock, Arkansas. And my oldest son, Braden, started playing uh, baseball and got to coach him and just coach pitched and kid machine, machine pitched and that kind of thing. And then Grew up and moved here to, to to Dallas and kept playing baseball. So it's always been something been a culture of being a part of. And the thing I love about baseball, and, and little league sports especially, is that, <clears throat> excuse me, you are able to engage in people's lives, engage in the idea that uh, you can be in community on a daily basis with people, and just spend time with people. And that's what y'all loved about last night was just being able to hang out with uh, some different people, and you get to know people there on the as you're umpiring kids and families and such as that, and. It's just part of being engaged. It's exactly what we've been talking about over the past few weeks. The whole idea of the power of fellowship and community, spending time with people, uh, engaging in people's lives uh, at different levels. And so that's what it's all about. And that's why I think that as we've talked about over and over again over the past few weeks is that when we are the church, we realize that we are the church. It's not about going somewhere specifically that you are <clears throat> a part of a congregation. It's the fact that you recognize that the church is in you. It's not what we've talked about. Paul told us that he said look we have these these uh, these precious treasures in these earthen vessels it's this idea of God's presence in us and that we can spend time with God and engage with the Lord and, and that we can have a relationship with God and that we can share that relationship with other people and so um, so it's important that we as uh, as believers especially recognize look you know what <clears throat> we are the church and we are engaged in people's lives at a uh, a special level and that we're able to um, just don't know, have, build those relationships so so glad you joined in. we're gonna talk about that this morning and and spend some time just sharing about our relationship uh, with the Lord and what that looks like as we engage with other people uh, man we're excited about having developing some sponsors for our program and uh, being able to have some people engage with us and uh, this week uh, we've got some other people that are starting to, to get on board but thankful for uh, Molly Pennington here in Forney Texas with Premier Legacy Real Estate for her uh, sponsorship of what we're doing and also Angie Carricker who is with uh, Mike Mazick Real Estate and so it's uh, cool to have those people involved and thankful for their support of our ministry and of our broadcast so that we're able to do this every week. If you'd like to know how you can be involved in that, man, email me. Uh, Get in touch with me, go to my Facebook page, Stephen Carroll, and uh, you can send me a message there as well. We would love to have you involved uh, also. Any way that you feel led. So, hey, listen. You know, uh, last week we we were on the air, and after we got done with the, on the air, um, we were. I was talking to my, my buddy here at, at True Texas Radio, Will, and uh, we were just having a conversation, following up on what we talked about last week, and um, and how that we as uh, you know as individuals and as as, uh, as as people, just recognizing relationships are hard. You know, I mean they they can be they can be messy at times. In fact. Uh, they are they are messy and that's one of the things i think that is so interesting is that we as as believers it's easier to isolate ourselves you know what i'm saying it's easier to uh, allow ourselves to be uh, kind of in groups and cliques and such as that it feels more comfortable you know and and so as as you recognize that we were talking about um in our relationship with the lord and and why it's so much easier to kind of isolate ourselves and, and be in groups of people that believe like we believe, that think like we think, that act like we do. It's more difficult to engage with people that may not may not believe like we do, uh, may not be as uh, as prone to agree with what we think is right, and that that in our lives is more difficult. Um, you know, and that affects our behavior and affects their behavior, and 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 they may not be the the same race or the same belief or whatever the case may be, but as as believers it's our responsibility to to engage with other people and to be involved with other people uh, at an intimate level and so as we were talking about that we got off the air last week um, as we were kind of looking at the the whole idea of of this engagement in fellowship in community and recognizing the power of what we can do as we uh, as we do engage with those other people then we were talking about a a couple songs and Will and I were talking about that, and this spawned a conversation about church and going to church and being involved in church. What that looks like, what it looks like to, to live out our faith authentically, and and we were just kind of looking at this whole perspective. And if you remember last week, we talked about the greatest commandment. You know, the Pharisees—they were all about works. They were all about what it looked like. They were they were all about how it affected them. They were all about how they could control um, the the whole aspect of the church and of religion. And, and it was all about clicks it was who you know and how you looked and those kind of things in fact you remember there's a story and you may not have ever heard about it but but jesus was talking about two different people that prayed and there was this one guy that was a pharisee a religious leader and he was he was clothed in his robes and he was um you know all these these outward focused mentality type things and he was saying this elaborate prayer publicly and then there was this other guy a publican or a sinner and he was just simply praying lord forgive me i'm a sinner and, and Jesus brought to light. He said, you know, that man over there that's praying with this whole outward appearance at the way he looks and the way that he, that he acts, well, he's getting his reward right now. He's getting the attention that he needs and that he desires. And that, that's the extent of what he's gonna get. But then when Jesus looked at the public and the guy that prayed, he said, now that prayer, that's a true heartfelt prayer. And that's the prayer that God hears. And, and so what Jesus was showing us is, look, it's about our heart. And as we, I was, in fact, having a conversation with a, a teacher this week at school as I was serving and about the Old Testament and the law and, and how that the Pharisees and the religious leaders were all about how things looked. They were all about how things um, were perceived. And, and I thought about in our culture today and as we were talking about how we engage with people and why we do it, why, why we're so intent on having relationships that the heart of what we do is what's most important. While we do what we do is what's most important. And as we were talking about that, we referred back to this passage in in Matthew chapter twenty-two, um, where Jesus was talking, and then I want to share that with you. It's in Matthew twenty-two and it's in verse thirty-four. And um and, and there was this this whole dialogue in Matthew twenty-two where the Sadducees were trying to trap Jesus and were asking him some questions, and it was all about how they respond how he responded. It was all about What they thought that he should be what they thought he should do and how they thought he should act who they thought He should hang out with you know the reality of it was that they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah because Surely the Messiah would have chosen them But but Jesus was all about being involved with people and in verse 34 the Bible says when the Pharisees heard That he had silenced Jesus had silenced the Sadducees with his reply and and you can read that encourage you to do that they met together to question him again. And one of the experts in the relig- religious law tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, understand there's over 600 laws that were established. And this is what the teacher and I were talking about this past week at the school was, the Bible says that the law was given actually so the sin would increase because here's the deal, is that, is that people didn't know what to do and they didn't recognize how deeply we needed the Lord. And so God wanted to put in line, look, if you want to be acceptable to me, these are the things you have to do. And the whole point of it was is that there was no way that we could accomplish it all. There was no way that mankind and human beings could, can we can do enough to be pleasing to God. That, that was the whole purpose of the law. And so <clears throat> the Pharisees, excuse me, the Pharisees were all about keeping the law. And so they came to Jesus with this question. They were going to trap him. He says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Understand, the law was massive, right? I mean, we all know the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, that you know, those things. Keep the Sabbath, don't commit adultery, don't covet what other people have. But they say, look, what what commandment is most important? And then Jesus replied to them, you must, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and then he goes on to say and, and he says the second is equally important equally important is that love your neighbor as yourself now check this out the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments you see it, it, it's more important the purpose behind what we do rather than what we do you see what I'm saying you see, it takes me back to my conversation with Will last week. It's so often we are <clears throat> motivated by performance. We're motivated by what we need. We're motivated by these things. I hear people say all the time, my, my life just isn't where it needs to be. I, I just need to, get, I need to get back in church. And, and here's the thing is, is that, is that church is an important vehicle. I mean, obviously, where we can go and connect with people, where we can be encouraged with the message, we can be challenged, we can get into groups, we can get connected with people that have similar needs that we do. All those things are are, are deeply important. But But the reality of it is, is that so often what Jesus was saying here to the Pharisees is, look, you're so consumed and you're so obsessed with what things look like. You're so obsessed with how things are done. And the reality of it is, is that you're obsessed with that because you want to be in control. You want to control things. You want things to be exactly the way that you think they should be. And if you break it down even further it's your business it's it's how you make your living and and so the whole idea was about them and about what they look about what they had jesus said listen i'm not about that i'm here to love the lord my god with all my heart with all my soul all my mind with all my strength and here's what else i want to show you is that when you understand that first commandment that then in turn you you gotta love you gotta love other people you gotta love other people that's what he says it's equally important What love your neighbor as yourself and so as we were talking last week we talked about this topic this topic and and i'm not a big country music fan to be honest with you i mean i don't know a lot of country music but here at true texas radio man uh, will is man he's all about country music especially texas country he knows a lot of great songs and we were just talking about what it's like and uh, to walk in life and to be engaged with other people we were talking about being involved in in church and, and, and maybe we were talking a little bit about why people aren't involved why people are running from why people are discouraged or whatever the case may be and he began to talk to me about a song that that he had heard or that he knew and and it's called one wing in the fire and 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 this whole purpose of the song is, is talking about a a son and he's talking about his dad and he's talking about how his dad wasn't perfect and his dad you know had issues and struggles and all these different things but, but through it all, that there was this one thing that was, that was common through his life, was that he loved his family, he loved people, and he would do anything for people. At the end of the day, man, listen, there is a strong, strong important thing we have to recognize. And that is that, yes, we have to have a relationship with God, and the way to God is through Jesus Christ. And he impacts us. But the reality of it is that we've all been created in the image of God. And that we all have a desire internally to know God. And that we have to make that connection. Yes, but we so become so obsessed and so intent on what things look like, how things are done, that we lose sight of what Jesus was saying. It was this, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love him first. And love your neighbor as yourself. Let's listen to this song we'll talk about it. After we get done. It's called One Wing in the Fire. Really cool song.
1: Daddy's been a back row Baptist With a share of front row sin Saturday night still on his breath Every Sunday we need more He's never the benediction He's never sang in the choir But he's an angel with no halo And one wing in the fire Mama lives by the Bible The Bible lives by the bed She's lied alone so many nights With scriptures in her head just be with him i know his faith is tired but he's an angel with no halo and one way in the fire Just one prayer would come to Lord, please believe in Him. Like I believe in you. Daddy's always been there for me. t all the touchdowns. Fixed my car and fixed my heart. They've been broken down. I know it. For more forgiveness Than most folks do require But he's an angel With no halo And one way in the fire I believe in you Well I just can't imagine What heaven might be like If me and mama make it Without daddy by her side Oh could you please remember When it's time to call us higher that he's an angel with no halo and one way the fire
0: Now here's the thing, I, as we were talking last week about the song and that we were listening to it together and it was so empower, powerful because I mean, Will got a little emotional, and I got a little emotional because we were talking about faith, and, and and so often we would listen to a song like this, and and a lot of times as as believers or individuals or whatever, we we automatically we put everything through the grid of what we think. Now, understand, there, there's a balance between belief and what you believe, your core values, what you believe is is most important in life. As believers I, and going to church, we we have that grid, but. But so often we allow ourselves to judge other people rather than love other people. You know what I'm saying? And so, as we were listening to the song last week, I was thinking there's so many things theologically that I might believe, or based on what my faith says and what I believe the Bible says. You know, as he makes the statement that as he was going through, he says, Daddy's always been there for me from T-balls to touchdowns. He fixed my car, he fixed my heart when they were broken down. I know he calls for more forgiveness than most require, and he talks about this a lot of but he's an angel with no halo with the wing and the fire, and he talks about how his mom lives by the Bible and prays for her her husband and, and all these things, but at the end of the day, the, the reality of it is, is that, y- yes, he was a good man, and so as, as, I've, as you grow up in church and, and you're involved in all these different things, I want to tell you today that so often the disconnect is that we have these ideas we have these beliefs that that we know are true like for me personally i know that here's the reality is that there is a god for me and that that he did send his son because there was no way that i could keep all the laws there's no way that i could be good enough there was no way that i could accomplish everything that needed to be accomplished to be pleasing and good enough to be in god's presence i needed help and the help came to me through Jesus. And so Jesus came to this earth. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, John documents that. And and as we read about and we see the life of Jesus, what did he do? He listened to people. He loved people. He was involved in people's lives. He showed them who God was, yes by what he said but by more by what he did and living the power of fellowship and community and the whole idea and what God has called us to do and called our ministry to do is to challenge people to recognize. Look, just like last week as we were listening to the song we, we know that as the song says, I, he makes the statement, he says, I know my dad lives a little left of living right and he's come close to going way too far down two times, too many times but here's the thing, I want my prayer and in my heart is Lord for him to believe in Him For for you to believe in him like I believe in you. And, and here's the thing, the reality of it is, is that, that God does. God does believe in you. God does believe in those that are closest to you. God does believe in that person that, that doesn't agree with you. God does believe in that person that, that idealistically and, and politically and religiously they may be different than you. But when it comes down to the end of it all, what is going to change them? Not the fact that I was critical of what they said. Not the fact that I was judgmental of where they were, but that I would choose to be like Jesus and love them, engage with them, have a conversation with them, develop a foundation of a relationship for the future. Is that not what Jesus did and what he was all about? I think about the thief on the cross often and the story is that Jesus was crucified and there were two thieves. Both one one on each side of him. One thief was yelling profanities and saying, "If you're God, get me down." The other thief on the other side was told him to be quiet. Said, "Listen, this man's did done nothing." And, and then he looked at Jesus and he said, "Would you remember me today in paradise?" And Jesus said, "I trust trust me on this. This day, this day, you'll be with me." What that man had lived a life of who knows what. But just by that one fact of Jesus extending an opportunity, a relationship, it changed his life for all eternity. That's what I want us to recognize. And as I was listening to a song last week, and as Will and I were talking about it, even getting emotional about it, it it was the fact that there was a man that loved his family, cared for his family, did everything that he could for his family. But in the midst of it all, the the son is, is singing a song saying, I want him to know what I know I want him to believe in you he's done all these great things and he's a good good man but would you would you extend grace to him would you let him recognize his need for you do you get it and it's through the relationship that that happens that's what I believe over and over again that we miss out on as we enter into the as we walk into the streets we walk into community as we go to a baseball field we go to a baseball game as a as a person that's grown up in church my dad was a pastor his dad was a pastor Uh, My family's been involved in church. I've been in ministry for over 25 years. And all these things and what God is teaching me over and over again over the past six years, especially is this, Stephen, engage in fellowship, engage in community, be involved in the school, be involved in organizations. Just yesterday, me, while I was umping the games and spending time with people there at the baseball fields, my wife was downtown in our, in our hometown of Forney, and she was involved with a, a lady and her business and company, and, and just involved in the streets and helping out, being connected with people. And we didn't go there because we wanted them to come somewhere with us. We went there because we wanted to be a part of people's lives. That's what Jesus did. That is the difference. And that's what I loved about the song. Like I said, we got a little emotional we shared about. Why? Because it's about relationships. It's about how they impact us. It's about what matters most. We're wasting so much time on gathering wealth and controlling our worlds and making sure everyone sounds like us and talks like us, that everyone is okay with us. Why? We're, we're missing the point. The point is not about us. The point is about God and his love for us and that people would see God's love through us. Let me never, ever... <laughs> let me never ever be mistaken by saying that I don't recognize what Jesus said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life it's crucial what Paul said in, in Romans 10 verse 13 whoever Calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That relationship is crucial. But here's where the disconnects come in. Is that we've missed out on the opportunity that we have. To live in community with people. To choose to intentionally engage with people. I've got people all around me that I could tell you examples of and people in Colorado, my, my buddies out there that are engaging and, and people all around in the state of Texas, uh, my brother-in-law in and, and Little Rock, Arkansas and my sister and they've chosen to willingly engage in a community and to rebirth a congregation with this mentality and and they're going to launch the church and, and next month and i'm looking forward to going there why because it's a, it's a church that's been positioned in southwest little rock for years and years and years and and they have chosen to intentionally go in with this mentality love god love people engage in their lives and teach people to do the same thing that's what it's about that's what we're about and we dig at ministries that's what we're about in our community and that's the point see that gets us to our message and um, we're not going to finish the whole message today we're going to continue it next week but as as we close out this whole series on the power of, of fellowship and community and in this whole mentality uh, i want to begin to read this passage it's in john chapter four john chapter four and it's it begins in verse four but i want you to read the the whole chapter and, and you'll see it the first three verses that jesus the the passage says that Jesus had a, a group of religious people and and they were against him and so he he knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was doing things different and they weren't happy about it and so the Bible says he left Judea and he was going to return to Galilee so he's going to make a trek and and if you look at a map he's going to make a, cha- a trek from from the north to the south and usually Jewish people to get to this to get to the south to get to Galilee. There was a, an area there called Samaria. The Samaritans and the Jewish people didn't get along because the Samaritans, the Jewish people called Samaritans half-breeds and because they weren't of pure origin and this and that and because of what they believed. And, and so the Samaritans and Jews didn't get along. In fact, you might, you might remember a story of the good Samaritan and it's a story that Jesus told as a parable about this man that was wounded and these three religious leaders passed him by, the Pharisee, the different ones went by the other side of the road. And then all of a sudden the Samaritan comes by and the Jew is is wounded and hurt and almost on the verge of death. The Samaritan comes in, picks the man up, takes him, cleans his wounds, takes him to a place, pays for him to stay at this place until he gets better. The whole point of Jesus' story was that that's not the way we think. That wasn't the way they thought at that time. And so Jesus tells a story because he's making a point. The point is it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from. The point is loving people. And why would you do that? Because ultimately that's what God has created us and designed us to do. And so when Jesus comes to this point in John chapter 4. And he's leaving Judea and he's going to Galilee. Verse 4 says this. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Now, now I want to stop there. I love this simple verse and the context of it. I mean, if you look at it, the first few verses, like verse, uh, the first few verses, like I said, the Pharisees were so obsessed with how it looked, and more importantly, how it was impacting their own kingdoms. They were so concerned with what Jesus was doing and why he was doing it. And let me tell you something that's where we come to this place where jesus says he had to go through samaria now this isn't something that he physically said at that point possibly but somehow somewhere along the way he had to make a reference to it because john writes about it why would he have to go through samaria i want you to understand something is that when jesus christ was walking this earth that the purpose that he had the mentality that he was all about was i'm here to do my father's business I'm all about what he's called me to do day to day, moment to moment. I want to do what my father's asked me to do. So when he's fixing to make this journey, whereas most Jewish people would go around Samaria to get to Galilee, Galilee, Jesus says, I have to go through Samaria. And it wasn't just Jesus, but it was other, his Jewish disciples coming with him. And so they begin to move through Samaria. I love that verse because Jesus Christ was all about recognizing the moment. He was all about this idea saying look lord where do you want me to do today god what do you want me to do today it wasn't so much that it was ordered by what he thought or what he wanted it was always ordered by what god wanted for him so when it says i have to go through samaria there's a purpose there and that purpose was ultimately to love a woman and to extend grace to a lady that's at a well that ultimately is going to impact her family and the whole community there in Samaria, you see, when you get ready to lead this life, your thoughts aren't going to be about stuff that doesn't matter. You know, I've talked to people, and and I've had the opportunity to be around people that have 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 encountered serious illness. In fact, I've told you about my friend Greg Martha that has contracted cancer and <clears throat> is going through that whole process, and and how that he he wrote a Facebook post just this past week uh, about how that that life changed for him when he. When he got cancer, everything shifted and the things began to, to look different. And what mattered most was not what everything else that he had always worried about. It was more about what was most important. And so when you come to that place, it's going to be about the people you love, the, the way that you love, what you wish you would have done. That's what's going to matter most. And that's the whole point is that Jesus Christ, when he says, I have to go through Samaria, he's doing it completely different. He's doing it completely out of character for what most Jewish rabbis would have done. They would have never gone through Samaria. They would have never... Why? Because it wasn't what everyone else did. It wasn't the status quo. It wasn't what was expected. I've often thought, man, what if Jesus Christ... What if Jesus Christ himself... And you've probably heard this said, spoken. Showed up today. Would we recognize him? In the hustle and bustle and the... the the character of our own lives and what we want most we 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 lose sight of what matters most and that's what this message is all about is god redirecting us to what matters most there's another song that i want to play for you this morning and it's it's a song that i love it's by john mayer and it's called stop this train and and you know we get so consumed and so focused on what we want we get so consumed with our schedules we allow our schedules to 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 dictate what we do and how we do it. that we miss out on so many opportunities to love our spouses more intently to to love our children to love our parents to to extend forgiveness to do what god intends for us to do to be what he intended for us to be and, and the whole purpose is why it's so that we as individuals, especially as those that have chosen to believe, can share the love of God with other people, can share the faith that we've been given. And I want to share this song, and we'll come back and and kind of finish out. But I love the song because of of what it says and, and what it's all about. And I want to connect it with this whole idea of why Jesus had to go through Samaria. And more importantly, what he was going to teach this lady, and even more importantly than that, what he was going to show his disciples so that they would begin to live the same way that he lived. Listen to this.
2: I try to keep an open mind But I just can't sleep on this tonight Stop this train I wanna get off and go home again I can't take the speed, it's moving Stop this change Don't know how else to say it Don't want to see my parents go. One generation is like the way Provided life out on my own Stop this train! I wanna get off and go home again. I can't take the speed and it's moving in. I know I can, but honestly, won't someone stop this train?
0: absolutely love love this song the whole idea of the song and what it's about it it's this mentality that he's saying look life is going to keep going you know but he's struggling with it because it's like i've gotten so busy doing so many things and and i'm so focused on things that just don't matter and i think that's the belief that and the foundation of who jesus was it's like Every moment matters. And so when he's in John chapter 4 saying I have to go through Samaria, I have to. I have to, I have, there's something there for me and, and and I believe that in our lives it's so often that we as fathers as 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 mothers as as children as friends as brothers as sisters as uncles as aunts as as cousins, whatever the case may be is in relationships that that we are so consumed with so many things that are taking us away from what we could be and what we're intended to be and what god wants us to be and we're missing out on relationships that god wants us to have and i love the fact that he gets this point where he is he goes to his dad he says, i'm so scared of getting older i i'm only good at being young i i don't even know what i'm doing is what he's saying and he says look i don't want to see my parents go he says well, i had to talk with my dad He said, man, help me understand. His dad said, I'll tell you what. When you turn 68, you start looking back on life. Man, you start realizing what matters most. He says, look, you can't stop the train. You can't stop life. Don't for a minute change the place you're in. God's got you there for a purpose. And that purpose is so that you would recognize who he is. Man, listen, I know I'm talking to some people today and... I'm sharing with some folks and you got questions God. believe me I do things that I don't know exactly what to do about situations in my marriage in my family in my life in my future <clears throat> I don't know what the answers are but I love what he says he says I don't even think I can understand I've tried we're not gonna stop life you're not gonna stop moments you can't go back But what you can do is you can make a choice to begin to allow God to be the center focus of your life. And that's through Jesus Christ because he's the one that showed us how to do it from the very beginning. He's the one that gave us the example. And so he begins to talk about that and he makes the statement. He says, look, once in a while it's good, it's going to feel right and and everything's going okay and you're safe and sound. and you drive away from the moment and it's gone. But if you live the moment by loving God most and then loving others the way God intended for us to. And sharing that relationship that you've gained through Jesus Christ with others. That's what matters most. So if you're listening with today, I just want to stop and, and just tell you that just like Jesus Christ made the statement, Look, i got to go through Samaria. And I'm pleased to tell you why. I want to tell you something today that, that this same Jesus loves you right where you are in the midst of whatever you're facing. And I understand some of you guys could scream back at me and say, Stephen, but why am I going through this? Why did this happen to these people that I love? I don't have the answer to that. I don't. I don't understand it. In fact, I talked to a man this week. And he looked at me and he said, you know... I don't know why my wife died. I don't. I don't understand it. But what I've come to the conclusion is this, is that is while I don't understand it, I, I still know that God is good and that God loved me so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to show me how I could love her well in the midst of her sickness. How I could love my, my son well in the midst of all the confusion. And how I can know that through this, something good will happen. That's faith. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You see, here's the thing, is Jesus when he made the statement, I must go through Samaria. I'm not sure that he knew exactly what was going to happen. But he knew that there was a moment that he needed to be obedient. And trust that God had a purpose. And that those men and women that were around him would see him being obedient to what his father asked. And that he knew lives are going to be changed. Does that make sense? So here's the thing I want to tell you today. Is that the power of fellowship and community and the whole idea of what we're talking about is just like the John Mayer song. Life is going to keep moving forward. That's that's not going to change. What changes is us. We change as we move forward. We change, and and our mentality changes. Whether it's my brother-in-law up in Little Rock who was going a certain direction, and and God shifted his focus, and and my sister, and they changed, and and they took a step of faith toward a direction that, that in the natural really doesn't make any sense. Whether it was me and my wife Donna six and a half years ago that. Through circumstances and struggles and issues and things that we're still dealing with today that that in the midst of that, God shifted our plans and, and our focus and, and, and turned us into a different direction. And, and can I tell you that since then, the whole world has opened up to us. Just like I could tell you my brother-in-law said that. Well, there's this man I talked to this past week who lost his wife and, and shared with me that God is still good. I mean, in the midst of that hallway, guess what? He was ministering to me. He was blessing me. You see, when Jesus says, I have to go through Samaria, his motive was love God most, and secondly, under that, love other people as you love yourself. And that's the mentality that he went forward with. Let's see what happens. The Bible says he had to go through Samaria, and eventually he came to the Samaritan village near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And in verse 6 it says, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. So Jesus comes through, comes to this little village of Sikar. He sits down at a well, and he is alone because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. This woman, the Samaritan woman, comes up to him. And here's what he told her. He asked her, would you give me a drink? (laughs) Now Listen this is crazy because no jewish rabbi especially a jewish man would ever ask to drink from a samaritan's cup much less talk to the samaritan the woman was surprised the bible says for jews refused to have anything to do with samaritans and she said to jesus you are a jew and i'm a samaritan woman why are you asking me for a drink and jesus replied this watch this if you only knew excuse me if you only knew the gift god has for you and who you were speaking to you would ask me and i would give you living water and the verse 11 says but sir you don't have a rope or a bucket this is a very deep well where are you going to get this living water and besides do you think you're greater than our ancestor jacob who gave us this well?" How can you offer me better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Now there's so much here because she says our ancestor Jacob and the connection that they had with the same faith that the Jews had. See, that's what it all comes down to. Here's the reality of this. No matter what denomination you are, no matter what you come from, no matter what your situation is, no matter what color you are, no matter what your history is, it's the same statement. This lady is, we all look back to the same God. At some point, the disconnect is what we believe about that God and what what we believe he believes about us and not just us, but other people. Verse 13 says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again it comes fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life now we're going to talk more about this next week but i want you to catch a couple of things look what she says please sir the woman said give me this water and i'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come here to get water and then watch this and this is the part i want us to kind of begin to focus on he says, i tell you what go get your husband jesus told her and then she said i don't i don't have a husband and then Jesus says, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands. And you're not even married to the man you're living with right now. You certainly spoke truth. And then she says, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? And he gets in this conversation. And then Jesus says, believe me, there's a time coming where it's not going to matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in, Jerusalem's, or in Jerusalem. You know very little about the one you worship. While Jews know about him, yes, for salvation comes through the Jews, talking about himself. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those, he's looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must be worshipped worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, here's what I want us to see. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us then Jesus told her, I am he. Now, I want you to understand something. And next week we're going to get more in depth into this because we only got a few minutes left today. But the whole thing that I want you to see about this conversation is this. Is that here you have Jesus Christ, and Jesus is a Jew. And if we go back through our whole message so far, our whole school of thought, from the very beginning to the song of the the song about the one wing in the fire and how that we know people that are just really good people And man, they love people they'll do anything for you This whole mentality of being involved in community and fellowship with people so we can hear people's stories So we can know what they're about so we can have conversations with them and that we're not We're not looking through some grid in their life Where we say well I can have a relationship with them because they believe like we believe Or I, I, I'm they're not as good as we are that, that's not the point Because none of us are good. The Bible says we've all sinned. We're all sinners. We all fall short. We, We are all messed up. We're all jacked up beyond repair. The only thing that changes us is what Jesus told the Pharisees when they said, What's the greatest commandment? Let's love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself and he makes a statement all the law and all the prophets can be summed up in these two simple commands and so we engage we engage we enter into people's lives (coughs) excuse me we enter into people's lives based upon that mentality that truth not that we think everyone should be like us that everyone should believe like us, that everyone should come to our organization, so so that that we no, that's not it. It's about us loving people, and so as we think about this, I did. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He goes to this well. Here's this woman, and not just any woman, but a woman that comes to the well in the, in the heat of the day, and she comes to the heat of the day because the reality, even among her own people, she was looked down upon. I mean, she'd been married five times and. And she was living with this guy, and, and, and she had struggled in relationships, obviously. And so she came at noon, most likely because everyone else came in the morning, and, and she couldn't, and she didn't want to come when everyone else was there because they talked about her. Or maybe she wasn't even accepted. So not only was she a Samaritan woman, but she was a Samaritan woman that had issues. Aren't you glad? to know that Jesus Christ goes to a well, drinks out of a cup from a lady that that no one else would have would have drank from, that was a Jew. No one especially a rabbi, a teacher, a, a pastor if you will would never even have a conversation with her in this day. But he asked her for a drink. She's confused. She says, "Wait a minute. Why are you asking me for a drink? You're a Jew." And they get in this conversation. We'll talk we'll talk more about later, but but I want you to catch this key point. And the conversation ends not with condemnation, not with judgment, not with a list of to-dos. But he just simply makes a statement. Hey, why don't you go eat your husband? She's like, Well, I'm not I'm not married. And then Jesus says, Well, yeah, you're not. In fact, you've had five husbands and you're living with this guy now. And she's like, Wait. Not only is he talking to her because she's different, but but he's speaking with her in the midst of her issues. And guess what? He's loving her, he's showing her. There's a way for things to change for you. Things can be different. Things can shift in your life. And it's through this relationship. And so they get in this dialogue and they talk, which we'll talk more about next week, and, and, the, and the I guess the end the end of the conversation comes to this place where she's confused. She, she knows who God is and she recognized Jacob who had d- dug the well and she's connected with faith, but she's not connected with Jesus, get it? We we live in a world of people that are that understand and we all talk about God. In fact, blessed by God. People when they accept awards, thank God and and this and that. And we all know who He is, but so she knew who God was, but the disconnect was, was how how could I have a relationship with Him? It's not by going to church that she finds it. It's not by being told it it's by meeting Jesus and having a conversation having a relationship and then being loved in the midst of her issues do you get it can i tell you something today you're loved in the midst of your issues we've all got them we all struggle and man if you're listening to me today and and you're a believer can i tell you something man We get so consumed and so obsessed with our own issues and like i said man even as i say that word i think about my own situation and the weight of it and the struggles and i don't know there are things i just don't know Uh, there's things i haven't done right i haven't recognized right but then i think about that song by john mayer and and i think about this train's not going to stop and so it's not a it's not a matter of the fact that that life's going to keep moving forward it's going to It's a matter of how I respond to life as it moves forward. It's a matter of how I shift my focus to God's focus as things move forward. And that was the whole point of this conversation. You see, Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had to. Where do you have to go today? What is God telling you? Where does God want you to be? What does God want to show you? I had to do this broadcast this morning so that I could share with you this truth for two reasons one maybe you're that woman maybe you're that person tons of issues just don't feel like you'll ever be accepted you feel isolated you feel lost can I tell you something Jesus loves you I'm not just saying that he really does just like you love this woman it's not the fact that Jesus said oh that's okay you can live how you want that's not it there is a way that seems right to a man. And to a woman, there's a way. The Bible says, and and that it, it, it's going to end in destruction. It's not going to end well. But what he wanted her to see, look, even though this is the way you've been living, here's the fact, is that there's a day coming. There's a day coming where it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is what you believe. And guess what? You're going to see this next week. This woman believed. She believed in Jesus, and guess what? Her life was changed completely. And not just her life, but the great thing is she was so changed that she went into her community, to her family, to people around her. And the Bible says that many, many, many Samaritans believed. Stephen, what's the point? The point is God loves you, and he sent his son, so that you could have a way to have a relationship with him. And then, as believers, God has commissioned us, God has commanded us to love him most and to love people as we love ourselves, to love others. And so, life's gonna keep moving forward. And so, he wants to intervene, he wants to change us individually and then change those around us, change our circumstances change our lives and he does that through that relationship with him and so we're going to come back next week and we're we're going to we're going to talk about this but there's a song that that i want to close with it's because we got about four minutes left and as we close this whole deal the song is called oh praise him and it's this idea that we as believers would be more like Jesus and we would recognize and listen look I'm here to do my father's business turn my ear toward heaven and listen praise him in the midst of the struggle praise him in the midst of the storm recognize the value as you walk into your your home today just the the idea that you've been put there for a purpose to love your wife to love your husband to love your children to love your parents as you engage with people around you today, that God placed you there for a purpose. Whether it's umpiring a baseball game, or whether it's spending time in the community, or whatever the case is, you've been sent there. You have to be there. And so it's not a matter of you being there. You're gonna be there. It's how you respond in the midst of that. What are you doing with the faith that you have? So you see the two things. One, you be relate more to the woman and the issues, and the struggles that you just wanna be loved and accepted. Can I tell you something? Just stop where you are right now and say, Lord, God, I need you. I believe. I believe that you sent your son Jesus. I believe he is the way. I want to make that declaration today. That's it. I want to believe. Forgive me. Show me. That As believers, that we would be like Jesus. And we would choose to intentionally engage with people's lives around us. Choose to intentionally engage. Get the focus off of what we are and who we are and what we look like and what we think things should be. And rather just engage in people's lives and love them and build relationships so that we can then show them, just like Jesus showed this woman, who God is. So we're going to close with this song. We're going to end it with this. And and I'll come back and share just a couple things before we go. So listen to this.
3: Turn your ear to heaven And hear the noise inside The sound of angels' eyes sound of angel songs And all the spirit of We could join and sing All to Christ the King How constant, and divine This song of ours will rise How constant, and divine Love the will. Joyous noise, the sound of salvation.
0: Here's the thing, and I love the end, of the, uh, Stephen, what does that mean? Did you hear that last point? That that idea of the res- sounds of the rescued ones, sounds of the, the people that have been redeemed, that we would praise Him. You see, all of heaven and all of eternity is going to be this incredible celebration of opportunities that we took where we engaged in fellowship and community. We didn't let our prejudice, we didn't let our mentalities, we didn't let our religion keep us from becoming who God intended us to be. And the celebration is going to be How that we come to the idea where we recognize, look at all that God did. It's not going to be anything about what we did. It's about what he did through us. And what is the core? What is the key? Relationships. People. Lives that were changed. People that were different. Why? Because of us. And because of the faith in us that we shared with other people. That's what we want you to see. Jesus had to go through Samaria. And guess what? The praise and the worship and the celebration was over that one lady, that Samaritan woman who had been looked down on, who had issues, had struggles, but she learned on that day that she was loved by God, forgiven by God. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. That's the message. That's what we take with us. And that's what I hope you take with you today. Hey, we love you today. Father, bless each of us today as we go forward help us to love people like you love people help us to love you most and love others as we love ourselves let us all come back here next week and learn more about this journey more about this community more about this fellowship and we'll give you glory and praise i pray for everyone listening today i pray you touch their hearts touch their lives let them know that they're not alone let them know that there's no issue you can't forgive let them know there's no situation that you can't overcome let them trust you and let us as those that believe Take that message with us to our wives, our husbands, our children, and to all those around us, and we'll give you glory. For we ask in your holy and precious name, amen and amen. Thanks again to those that are sponsoring us. Molly, thank you, Angie. We pray, God, you be blessed. pray the Lord bless you today. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again next time next week. All right?